The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TFA fam, what is up? What is happening? We are back again, live with the boys. And tonight is one of our favorite shows of the year. It has turned into tradition. It is the proverbial drop your nuts on the table takes or lady bits. You know, we are, we don't, uh, you know, we're all inclusive here, you know, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Or as other people in the industry call it, bold predictions but i mean that's not really all that bold of a name so we, we came up with something better you know we got our little mascots over to the left of the of the screen you know that uh it's absolutely love love to see that <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyways how are we doing tonight boys pumped up pumped up pumped up i'm pumped up for the show we had a hell of a show last year around this time had a lot of takes thrown out there we're going to review some of them but I'm pumped up to give some new spicy ones. See if we can land some more hot takes tonight. Cody, how about you? Yeah, man, just just really excited. Good to be back on with you boys. Obviously, it's uh, it's been a minute, as they say. But yeah, man, I'm just super excited. Obviously, we have a lot of training camp news going on. We do have over on our Twitter where we're doing threads uh, every single night, recapping all the news. So we're not going to get in that tonight because we're just way too excited about what's going on. But over on Twitter, at FF underscore authority, if you want to follow along with the training camp news. And then I also am planning on doing just like two-minute podcast recaps of all the news you'd find in the Twitter thread anyway. So make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast platform as well. But Robbie, you had all of the all the all of last year's takes. So let's let's recap some of last year's nuts on the table takes, and then we'll jump into the 2022 bold predictions yeah how do we want to start i think we probably go with the ones we got right maybe just uh fluff it up a little bit with the ones we got right is that good okay let's, let's just go through person by person okay person by person we'll start out with kev Steele, and he came out hot last time with antonio gibson as the running back one antonio gibson had a good year i think he was running back 10 on the year but not quite the running back one uh, next, he had Brian Edwards as a top 30 wide receiver. Didn't quite come to fruition. Then the one he did get was Derrick Henry outside top 12 running backs. 
Obviously, the injury had everything to do with that, as Derrick Henry was the running back one in points per game before the injury. Um, so that one kind of has a little asterisk there. But then he had a little bonus one at the end. I, I don't know if you guys remember when J. Mike jumped on. We had a little Jalen Waddle talk, and Kev went next level, and he said not only will Jalen Waddle not be top 24 wide receiver this year, because that was J. Mike's hot take, right? Jalen Waddle top 24 uh, wide receiver he said he'll never have a top 24 wide receiver season. So uh, kind of fun to, to see Jalen Wall have a top 13 wide receiver season. Um, so Kev had had some wins and, and some losses there. Going over to you, Cody, you had Austin Eckler and CEH finishing the top eight at running back. I think we even top go to you into going like top four or top five. Uh, top five Austin yeah. Eckler, what was that? It was top five. Top yeah. five. Austin Eckler obviously hit that. He was fantastic last year. CEH. Had an injury, didn't quite fulfill that. So I'll give you a 50% on that one. And then your second one was basically you took kind of two players from each team that would finish in the top 12. Normally we have, you know, one seat or one team that'll have two wide receivers in the top 12. You had Cup and Woods, Robert Woods from the Rams. And then you had Lamb and Cooper from the Cowboys. And Cup was the only one who actually did that. So uh, not, uh, that did not come true. And then your final one was DK. <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Saquon all finishing outside the top 10 at their position. You got it right with DK. You got it right with Saquon. And then JJ just blew it all up for you. He yeah. was fantastic again in his sophomore year. But, oh, you did have a bonus one. I forgot about this one. You said Mike Zimmer, and I quote, Mike Zimmer will get sent to Mars. And I think that's a win. He's I'm going to count it as a win. That's a dub, right, Kev? Okay. Kev's in. All right, then myself, I went uh, first off, Cooper Cup is a top 10 wide receiver, which was. Which is so funny to think about now. <laughs> right. It seems like it was just not hot enough. And actually, Kev said this because Kev, I'll give you a little credit here. You had Cooper Cup ranked as a top 10 wide receiver where all the industry had him as wide receiver 20, 21, somewhere around there. I had him kind of in the middle teens, right? 14, 15. We were all kind of high on Cooper Cup, kind of taking over um, Robert Woods being that guy there. And, and so, yeah, he finishes obviously as the runaway wide receiver one. Um, so that one was a success. My next two, not so great. Cam Newton as a top 12 quarterback. He was cut before the season started. So uh, you guys know where that one went. Uh, got a little run there with the Panthers. To, and I thought maybe I could get that back, but it uh, wasn't meant to be. And then uh, another preseason or maybe week one fail. Trey Sermon is a top 15 running back. He was inactive. He was not a starter. It was a disaster. So uh, two really bad misses, one really good uh, win to make up for that. And then Tom had uh, some good ones. Najee Harris is a top five running back and Deontay Johnson having a fantastic season. And then Jay Mike throughout Jalen Waddle is a top 24 wide receiver. Waleo had a whole bunch, but he missed them all. So Waleo, when you join the chat, when you jump in here, you got to do better this year, man. Well, that's... par for the course. Not really, not really surprising there that Walido got them all wrong. But uh, yeah, are we going to so... try, try and do this the same way as last year and, and ease into it, or is Kev just going to melt our faces right, right off the bat? Kev, why don't, why don't you start? Kev, you have the floor. What is your first nuts on the table take for twenty twenty two? I feel like this is mild. So I have a mild, a medium, a hot, and then I went with ghost pepper uh, take. So I went four. Okay, I have a little bonus. So my first one, I couldn't decide between the two, so I, I just I just morphed it into two. And so first one is Saquon finishes as the RB1 
2022. And Javante Williams also finishes a top five running back in 2022. I don't feel like I don't feel like either one of them are that hot. We've seen Saquon Barkley do it before. You know, second year removed from the injury, better offense, better offensive line. There's a lot of things going in Saquon uh, Barkley's favor this year. I like I like the discount that he that you're currently able to get with him. And so I think he is in line for a big, you know, a, a big role and a, a big step forward and kind of returning to the guy that we saw in 2018, 2019. And then Javante Williams, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't, I am not nearly as high on, or I'm not nearly as worried about Melvin Gordon as the industry seems to be. And, you know, I've said it, you know, multiple times that I feel like this is very much a Jonathan Taylor type situation where everybody's, uh, you know, overvaluing the, the backup running back here in the situation. So, um, you know, so I, I, I don't I feel like these are both mild, but uh, I don't know. It might be hot compared to, you know, where they're going. I, I think the first one on its own would have been hot, right? Because Saquon, most people have, is like the running back 14. He's going in the second round somewhere. So to say he's going to be the running back one, you're going to supplant CMC, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, if he comes back strong, right? Like that's that's a, a decently hot take. Uh, the Javante Williams, I think he's going as a top eight or nine back. So him being in the top five, it's kind of, uh, that's okay. But yeah, definitely the Saquon one. I like that one. I'm back on the Saquon train a year removed from the injury. So I'm with you there. I've got him as a top six, six ish back. So um, I'm not too far off. So Cody, what's your, what's your, what's your mild take? See, I, I feel like this one could be mild, but it, it could be hot as well. I, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to start with this one just because the bar for tight end is so low. But I'm going to say Dalton Schultz finishes as the tight end two behind only Travis Kelsey. Kev's in on that. Like, like I, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like that means – obviously it means he's supplanting, you know, uh, Mark Andrews, Kittle, Waller, some people have above there. Kyle Pitts is going as like tight end three right now on underdog at least, I think. So – I mean, he did finish his tight end four last year, 104 targets. But the big thing is obviously Michael Gallup being out. I know we got the news today that he's looking fantastic through his rehab process. I feel like that was a big part of that quote <laughs> that was that was left out. You know, Mike McCarthy saying he looks great and he's fantastic, and literally was like through his rehab process. He's still not. He still doesn't have a timeline for his return could still potentially miss the first two months. And then when he gets back, it might take some time to, to get up to, to full speed. But I think with that, he's going to be the unquestioned number two on this offense. That offensive line has gotten dramatically worse for the Cowboys, especially compared to what they were just a few years ago. Zeke, we're not going to get into that here. That'll be another half hour that we, we go down the rabbit hole between Kevin Robbie. I, I think again for the second, second year in a row on the show, but you know, we, I don't think we can expect him to be what he has been. I, I still think he's going to be somewhere in the middle, but anyway, I digress between the, the bump in just overall volume and targets he's going to see. And then last year, Amari Cooper had 19 red zone targets. Lamb only had 11. Schultz had like 13 or 14. So he was above Lamb last year. If he can get some more of those Amari Cooper red zone targets, you're only talking about him. His only competition is uh, a small school uh, rookie wide receiver, James Washington coming over the Steelers who could, who could never get anything going there. It's going to be him and CD Lamb. So I think between that, he could see double-digit touchdowns and over 1,000 yards end up as the tight end two 
on beer. Kev, are you in? You in on that? I'm 100% in. I actually was going to, I actually was thinking about using that as my mild one too. And I was actually going to have them as the tight end one. Um, but I was like, I don't, I, that's, I probably can't do that. I can't do it over Kelsey. So uh, I, I didn't, but no, I absolutely love that. You know, I, you know, I absolutely love uh, Dalton Schultz this year and uh, I already have him ranked as a top five tight end. So um, I love that call. Like I think Dalton Schultz and I've seen some people trying to push back on the Dalton Schultz stuff this year, uh, you know, especially recently, but they can get all the way the F out of here with that. Like, um, I, I don't think there's any like good argument against Dalton Schultz, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, sure, sure, he can, you know, any any player can fail, but it, everything is lined up for him to have another big year. Uh, and, and one, I think, actually even bigger than what he had last year. I mean, I think we could see him go over a thousand yards this year. Um, and I think that's definitely in the range of possibility. He had 808 last year and then eight touchdowns last year and averaged about 12.3 fantasy points per game. Like, I think we could see him get up to that like 14 fantasy points per game kind of kind of number and i think that that's pretty fair considering everything that, that's going on in that offense right uh so no I, I i love that call yeah i think when you look at tight ends they either have to be the number one or number two uh pass getter on their offense they either have to be super efficient or just score a crazy amount of touchdowns right and he has a chance to do probably two of those three he's not super efficient like a george kittle where he's getting you know 13 and a half 14 yards per per catch but he has a team that's going to throw around 600 times and after C.D. Lamb, you could argue if he's going to be that number two target. I'd, I'd say probably right now he's going to be that number two target getter, right? Um, so I, I think that's absolutely in the cards where he can you know, fight and be that second, third, or fourth. I think most people probably have him ranked right around fifth or sixth. Isn't that kind of where he's going consensus-wise? So um, And so it doesn't sound that hot, like he's going to only jump four spots, but he has to jump big names, right? Like Kittle's always been in there when healthy. Waller's been in there the last three years. Mark Andrews, how, how do you have him going over him after last year, right? But that's why it's the hot take. That's why you're dropping the nuts on the table. I like it, Cody. Robbie, what's your first one? So I forgot when we did, when we talked and we were like, hey, we're going to do a, a mild, we're going to do a, a, a hot and then a habanero or whatever we said. Yeah, I forgot all about that. So I just have three that are all pretty spicy right off the Let's bat. Go. Um, so I'm just going to start with my one that's number one here. I feel like it might be the spiciest of them all. I don't know. Uh, my number one is Cortland Sutton will be a top eight wide receiver. I am big, big, big on Cortland Sutton because I think like right now we're ranking him as, hey, he's he's got a quarterback upgrade, but we're not sure who he's going to who Russell Wilson's going to favor. Is he going to uh, favor Jerry Judy? Is he going to favor Cortland Sutton? Are they going to run the ball a lot? And it's like this is a totally different offense than Seattle. And Cortland Sutton has shown that he is an alpha wide receiver with like Drew Locke and Joe Flacco, right? Like he had over 1,100 yards, six touchdowns, uh, 70 some receptions in 2019. That was his last fully healthy season, and and he balled out with horrendous quarterback play. I think he was a top 20 wide receiver, but now he gets Russell Wilson, who is I think third in active TD pass rate. Um, so that's only behind Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, and then the next best touchdown passer in the NFL is Russell Wilson. And so if that's what Cortland Sutton does really well and he gets down the field and that's what Russell Wilson has shown to do really well with both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I see no reason why he can't translate to some of those results they had. And those guys were always right around there in the wide receiver 10, wide receiver 7, or wide receiver 12 range. And so if he gets 11, 12 touchdowns, I think he absolutely can be a top eight 
wide receiver. So that's why I got him going there. And he's going at like wide receiver 25 or something in ADP right now. It is way too low, way too low. So I'm all in on Sutton. Oh, there's a hot take. You guys just threw that up on the screen. For those listening and not watching, Giraldi, TFA family member, says Tim Patrick over Cortland Sutton for end-of-year total points. And that's that's hotter than mine. That's spicy. I almost went with a uh, with a Russell Wilson hot take, so I'm I'm with you there. I feel I feel like the I think Tim Patrick is being overlooked a little bit. Like he's been a pretty like he's not somebody that like you know you you just have to draft. But I think he's somebody that could be a productive you know bench spot. Somebody that you know, especially if something were to happen, you know, either one of them, and it's not like all of a sudden and Jerry Judy have been model citizens of health, you know, over over their careers either. So if something were to happen to one of them, you know, Tim Patrick could end up being, you know, a, I mean, he was good last year and the years past, you know, in terrible quarterbacks. Like you give him an actual good quarterback, and I think, you know, that is, um, I I, th- I think it's pretty easy to see. So I don't mind that one. Um, well, I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, let's let's go to my next one. And this is uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance are both top 10 quarterbacks. And Trey Lance finishes the top four quarterback. You had to go too far. This, this is this is why we should have shared. <laughs> we had to go too far. I have Trey Lance as a top three quarterback. Oh, my goodness. You went farther. This is one of the downsides to us not sharing our takes beforehand. But yes, that was that was gonna be my my spice, my super spicy one was Trey Lance's uh top three quarterback. All right, lay it out, boys. Lay it well, out. It's, it's, it's easy. It's not it's not it's not a hard we we've had we've had this discussion, Robbie. Okay. We've we've already done this, we've been there, okay. Like rushing quarterbacks have such an elite floor, it, it, it's not hard for him to get there. Like he legitimately has 800 yard, uh, eight, eight, even 900 yards rushing upside. Like that is wealth in the range of possibilities for him. Now you, you give him George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Like he has great weapons in that offense. And so he's not in, a, in, in like a bad situation where some of these quarterbacks come into. We can't base whatever one game you saw him play last year and say that's who he is. I get that you said that he was raw and everything else, but he's had an entire year to sit here and learn in this offense be in the meeting rooms, figure all this stuff out. They obviously feel good enough with them because I mean, it's not like it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the you know not on this team. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. This isn't a team like the Jets that are still trying to put things together. Like they have all of the pieces to go, you know, and make a deep playoff run. They did it last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. So if they're making this this call, they obviously feel pretty good about Trey Lance. So with everything that is Trey, that, that everything that, that they have there, like this is not really all that hard for me to see. Like I didn't, I was like, man. Is this spicy enough? Because like I don't really feel like that it is. Because now that we got the Jimmy Garoppolo news that you know obviously that we already knew, but now it's come to you know it's come to fruition that you know Trey Lance one hundred percent is a starting quarterback. His ADP is going to continue to rise. He is going to be drafted as a top ten quarterback. I can promise you that by the time we get to end of August, like he's going to come off the board as a top ten quarterback. And whether that's hot or not, I don't think that it is. And it's, it's, again, much like the Jalen Hurts uh, situation. But, you know, this is a situation where Jalen Hurts last year didn't have the passing, uh, didn't have the, you know, the weapons that, that Trey Lance is, get, is being gifted. I mean, you really can't ask for a better core of weapons that he's going to have at his disposal this year. So, um, you know, I, that, that's what I love about Trey Lance this year. So, he, Cody, you want to add to that? 
The only thing, the only other thing I had was, you know, last year we look at somebody like Jalen Hurts, who was QB eight. And I, I, Robbie, I know you're going to talk about his completion percentage and the volume and all of that. 61% completion percentage for Jalen Hurts last year, barely over 3,000 passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns. Rushing game, obviously, is where that boosted him. 800 rush, almost 800 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. I think Lance has a, a better, stronger arm. I think he's more athletic than Jalen Hurts is. So that's where the that upside comes in for me. Like, I think this could be Lamar, Jas- Jaskin. Lamar Jackson, that his MVP year, Some, not, not calling an MVP year, but something similar, right? Three, it was only, I think he threw for like 3,200 yards that year. That year. Well, obviously, he had 1,200 on the ground, right? Like, I think it could be like something in between Lamar Jackson's MVP year and what Jalen Hurts did last year, and I think that puts him squarely in the top three conversation. Yeah. I mean, you, you lay out the, the the bright side and the best it possibly can be. That's why we're doing the hot takes. And, and obviously, if he does that, he can probably get into that Jalen Hurts range, maybe the top eight, top seven. That's probably what I see as his ceiling. I just think the problem is I don't think he's nearly the same type of, of passer as Jalen Hurts. Like when we lay it out, he, he doesn't have the same volume that they did give to Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have the same down the field uh, throwing ability that Jalen Hurts had. Like Jalen Hurts in his rookie year had like multiple 300-yard games. And Trey Lance, I mean, we had, uh, apart from his Debo Samuel broken play, um, like he, he has a big arm, but there, there was no accuracy with it. And we saw that in college and saw that in the first couple games. So can he get better? For sure. I think there's just he's, he's going to have to grow instrumentally for him to hit a lot of these expectations. And obviously we're on the, the bold takes and the nuts on the table uh show so you can't knock it too much because we do like the upside of the rushing and that's what gives him a a higher ceiling than most so i can't hate on it too much a little bit too rich for my blood but hey there's two people in an agreement so it's got to be it's got to be something we got a question from we got a question from parrot here he's curious if shanahan will open up the offense enough yeah but that's that's what i that's what i was saying though right like it's not like you know, Lamar Jackson had some crazy passing year whenever he was QB1 overall. You know, again, last year, Jalen Hurts, they were pretty damn run heavy, especially at the end of uh, the end of the, the season last year. It's like they had these massive passing numbers. We're putting up 5,000 passing yards like uh, like Justin Herbert last year, right? Like, it's, it's all about the rushing floor, and I think he's going to have those spike weeks. It is the accuracy percentage – and you know his his just general accuracy is that a is that a concern? Yeah. Do I think he's going to come out and complete seventy percent of his passes like Joe Burrow last year? I don't. But again, that's where that that rushing ability that he has is going to be so so helpful. And he really is not like maybe he doesn't have to open it up downfield as much if they're going to have all these guys that are really good at yards after the catch. And with Shanahan being able to, I, I think the playbook is going to open up just from a from a matchup standpoint right like with with just the threat alone of lance rushing i think it's gonna it's gonna open things up you know maybe some pre-snap motion that sort of thing i think that's gonna help out a ton with his overall passing numbers yeah you gotta like his weapons you just want his weapons to stay healthy it is noting that that 2019 season you're referencing lamar jackson threw 36 touchdowns at that nine percent td rate which was quite insane until we saw joe burrow kind of do the same thing i think he had 8.6 as his touchdown rate this last year so 
Very good. Do we want to jump into some of these other hot takes we've got in the uh, in the chat? We've got uh, Nate dropping in and telling us Bateman, top 15 wide receiver. Where's he going right now, do you guys think? He's, he's got to be like, he's going like a in. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he's going like wide receiver 36, I think, is where okay. he's going. So that's plenty warm. That's just that's that's when he should start off. So Pickens, second best wide receiver on the Steelers. That's your that's your tune up, Nate. That's your your mild take that you tossed out right away. And then Pitts tight end one. That's that medium take. And Bateman top fifteen. That's that's the habanero for me. Yeah. <clears throat> CHB with Sam Darnold beats out Baker Mayfield as a top ten season. CHB was that also is like that, that's like the top ten part is like nuclear. Like that's. <laughs> If you just took like a like a whole thing of ghost peppers and just, just in your eyes, <laughs> ate them right. Um, listen, now we're just now we're just that's what I'm talking about. Now we're so, just tossing. So this is something. So I, I want to say this like like McCall Hardman. Like I haven't really talked. We haven't really talked about McCall, but there has been this part of it that's really started to think uh, more and more uh, about him. Like. Could he be the guy that everybody's kind of missing this year? Uh, that, that maybe could MBS. end up taking a much bigger role. It's not going to be MBS. Um, I just don't. I just don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does, but it's it's hard to imagine that MBS goes from Aaron Rodgers and you know like a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they couldn't unlock him, and now all of a sudden the Chiefs are going to be able to do so. Possible, but uh, I don't see that. But with with Hardman, like. I can see them doing a lot of stuff that they did with Tyreek, especially on the short and intermediate route stuff, getting him into space, because he's excellent once you get him into space and all that stuff. Um, so he's somebody that I do feel like, because like right now it's like it's like Juju and Sky Moore and like all these people are talking about these guys. And Nicole Hardman is in a contract year as well. And you know, contract years uh, you know, never never fail. And so um, so I don't know, like he's somebody that cause he's going so late. And I'm like, man, taking shots on McCole Hardman may not be a bad idea. Now, top ten wide receiver. That, but <laughs> yeah. that is spicy. That is definitely spicy. But I do think McCole Hardman. Uh, we could look back and think that maybe uh, we missed on him. You know what my favorite tradition is with this show? This nuts on the table take. It's Kev comes full circle around with some player. Right? He goes from trashing the player to hey, I'm a fan. You remember who it was last year, Cody? Remember his full circle player? McCall Hardman. Wasn't it? Was I know? Was it I, I know you were. It was Mike Davis. We take him in. We take him in mock drafts all summer long <laughs> as this dead zone running back, and he's trashing us. He's saying no, no chance. And then we get on nuts on the table, and he's like, you know, guys, Mike Davis starting to come around for him. Well, no, he, he, he ended up he ended up ranking Mike Davis higher than both of us. Right. It's, you right. know the the problem with that was though is I fell into peer pressure. I, I should have just stuck. I normally am just I I hold tight. I hold steady in my own, my own convictions. I didn't on that one, and see that's where it got. That's where it gets you. If I just would have just held tight and said no, and stuck stuck with my my guns, but I didn't. I let I let the 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 sheep mentality creep into my head. Never again. It will never happen again. But are you doing it again with Hardman? Because you, I, I remember I took there's Hardman a, a couple. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I was I was. I, but but yes. But but there's a big difference between McCall Hardman and Mike Davis. Mike Davis was a. 70 year old running back that only 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 reason he got any steam was because of his quads and and, and that was it you know and, and the perceived opportunity that he was going to have i also couldn't predict that uh you know cordell patterson either was all of a sudden going to come out of the grave um you know so yeah yeah so that's that's my favorite part about the show i can't wait to see 
how this Hardman turns out. So I'm just saying I'm not I'm not I'm not saying he's I want to over all these other wide receivers are there. I'm just saying I do think that he could end up being the guy that uh, because I. With the Chiefs, I, I definitely think there's going to be a little bit more of a committee approach uh, to, to these wide receivers. It's not – I don't think there's going to be an absolute clear cut like Tyree Kill was. Yeah. So what, what's your next one, Robbie? So you guys already have two out of the way because you guys had a pretty similar one with Trey Lance there. We actually didn't really touch on the Justin Fields side, Kev. Obviously, it's kind of a similar thing where maybe his ceiling isn't quite as high because he's not rushing quite as much, probably isn't quite the same rushing talent. The weapons around him in, in that Bears offense isn't quite as good, but still top 10, feeling good about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think with him, I think it's a uh, – like, I mean, I think I – think, I mean, he had 400 rushing yards last year and played in what? Well, I mean, and unlimited opportunities. I, I mean, I think he could he could threaten 650, you know, 600, maybe 700 uh, uh, for the ceiling for a rushing uh, rushing total. But I think somewhere in that, you know, five to six – five to 700 range, I think is definitely in the range of possibilities for him with a better offense utilized properly um, uh, for Justin Fields. And so, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, again, I don't, I don't think that's all that hot of a take with these two. And the, the one thing I will say, as, as you guys were talking about Trey Lance, it kind of popped in my head, Robbie, you have, you have George Kitt, George Kittle as a top five tight end, right? He's yeah. Right there at top five, I think. Yep. Okay. And you also have, Debo Samuel, I know, I know you don't have him as high as everybody else, but you still have him as a top fifteen wide receiver, right? He's right there. I think I have him at fifteen. Yep. Okay. Where do you have Brandon Ayuk? Uh, probably right outside top thirty six, probably thirty eight, forty. Let me. How do I, how how do all these guys get there without without Trey Lance having at least a decent season this year? Well, I'm not going to be able to predict injury, right? And so, whenever you have that offense, I'm not going to move Kittle down, saying I know he's going to be injured. But he, but he does get injured quite often, right? And same with Debo, except for last year, going all the way back to his freshman year of college, he's gotten injured every single year. But I'm not in the business of predicting right. injuries. So I'm okay. going to rank them where I think they would finish if they're healthy. But we know that that plays a factor in a lot of these things. So if one of them's out of the equation, absolutely, Kittle's top five locked for no, me no, no, that's, or that's vice not, versa. That's not my point, though. How do you have them there, but then but then are so low on Trey Lance? Like they, they have to get there, like, and the vehicle to get there is Trey Lance. And so for the, for these guys to be able to hit that, if, that, if that's truly where you see these guys finishing, that's a lot. I mean, that, that, that's pretty high for all these guys for you to be so low on Trey Lance. Like, I mean, not, not necessarily. I, I guess the rushing piece is, is probably where I need to maybe re-examine that because we've seen the quarterbacks that have held these guys and made them the top five. Debo was the, the wide receiver two last year and the quarterbacks aren't, aren't top eight top seven top ten right like the quarterbacks aren't doing that now jimmy garoppolo isn't rushing so there's absolutely that to take into account um but yeah so i have Debo lower much lower than, than everybody else so i'm not giving him that super big bump um but you're right he, he probably should be ranked i think i'm at, i have him as quarterback 17 i probably could bump him up uh just a hair um but yeah that's that's a that's a good call J. Mike rocking. Did, did he throw out a take yet, or is he still warming up? Not yet. No, just uh, just in here for the Lance and Fields talk. Okay. Anytime I see J. Mike in the chat, like my mood is just elevated tenfold. It makes me so happy. Yes, especially because he nailed his one and only hot take on this episode one year ago. Jalen Waddle, top twenty-four wide receiver. Take your victory lap, J. Mike. Fantastic job. First of all, I feel like this is just an affront on me. 
by this, by by uh, not people are talking enough about Darnell Mooney. Like, I feel like I have been the the conductor of the Darnell Mooney hype train. So, Geraldi, I don't know if you have you not been watching our content. Are, are you outing yourself? Because I have talked ad nauseum about Darnell Mooney. I've he not- didn't say anything about. No, oh, never mind. Okay. So, so not many, not many. So, all right. I'm just saying. It just feels it just feels like an attack on me. So, because I there's been nobody higher on Darnell Mooney than me. But Robbie, what you got? Well, um, you you referenced it earlier, and you said we weren't going to get into it. But I have to get into it because he's going as the running back 17. I have to get into Zeke being a top five running back in 2022 because it's just going to happen, guys. Like, this one isn't even hot. This one should be just a standard because whenever Zeke's healthy with Dak at the helm, he's a top five guy. 2020 with Dak, top five guy. 2021, those four or five games, top five guy. I'm telling you guys, like this one, we're ranking him as if he's got a PCL injury. He's got a third-string quarterback, fourth-string offensive line tackles. We're not ranking him properly, so we need to get him back to being a top 10 running back at least, and I'm going to put him as a top five running back for 2022. Lock it down. Well, one, okay, so uh, exactly like I talked about with uh, Zeke Elliott, his his ADP is rising. He's now among among most platforms. He's going top 15 uh, among running backs, so – uh, which is what I expected. And I only expect that to get higher as we get the more casuals in. And he's going to go a little bit higher. I think he ends up settling in probably high-end RB2, low-end RB1, and probably by that it's all said and done. But that's funny because, uh, well, I guess I can get to it now. My my my, uh, my really hot take was Tony Pollard outscores Ezekiel Elliott in 2022. Um, so... And overtakes him as the starting running back of the Dallas Cowboys. This is perfect. Kevin, How about them Cowboys? That's this what I'm is talking per- about. We have a lot of Cowboys talk. I like this. We I, know. I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know where I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't aware this is like locked on Cowboys or something that uh, that's all of a sudden happened. Uh, but yes, Tony Pollard is a baller. Tony Pollard is, is a better running back at this stage of his career than Ezekiel is. That's not hot. Um, but hey, if you so much want to buy into a 27 year old running back, that 27. Has absolutely ridden hard okay i mean i'm just saying okay that, that's on you that that that's what you want to do that's your thing okay you know i'm i'm not an ageist okay i don't i don't you know but you're an ageist if anybody <laughs> talks about a 27 year old running back like they're 43 it's kev Steele. it's funny too because i don't play dynasty at all but like i really care like i i hate old players like anybody that's like old like i'm, I'm like I'm, I'm all the way out on anybody that's super old um, but Kev, Kev, real quick. So last year, um, you said on this show because we wanted to get this started. We wanted to have some some you know bets on the table, right? Like um, we had one a couple years ago about Rojo versus Keyshawn Vaughn, and then last year we had one with Dan Arnold, right? And the one last year on this very show you you brought up was Saquon versus Zeke, and so obviously Rob got the dub as it normally happens when you and I have a disagreement. We racked up another win, but would you like to make some kind of I, can't, I feel like I've, it's not fair to you to do the Pollard versus Zeke straight up. Yeah, some yeah, kind of, of bet. Like, do you have a Zeke finishes outside the top 24? Like, if Pollard's going to be that good, obviously Zeke's not even a, a starting running back. Or, or is there something that will get you to put your nuts on the table for a bet on the table? Tony Pollard is absolutely bay. Like, he is he is everything, okay? Yes. I have not – I come away with every draft with Tony Pollard. And good. 
He's I feel I feel warm. It warms the the cockles of my heart. You know, uh, every time that I'm able to select uh, the name that is Tony Pollard, and I am look. I I this is the year that I'm so excited because I feel like this is the year that Derrick Henry is going to crater. This is the year that Zeke Elliott's going to crater. You know, and I I am so here for it. And um, so, uh, how could we do this? Um, I will say. Think, let's let's think on it because I want to get Cody's thoughts because he's been kind of quiet here. Cody, which one's hotter? That Zeke's a top five running back in 2022, or Tony Pollard outscores Zeke in 2022? They're both pretty spicy. Which one you like more? I think Pollard over Zeke is spicier. Okay. Oh yeah. And I, I think I, I think that's the that's a spicier taste because it's not going to happen. Kind of like. At that point, no, just because I, I feel like outside of I, I, I don't see Pollard just overtaking the backfield. That's why. That's why I think that that one's spicier. Sure. Like if if Zeke is you know maybe sees a, a target share how he did what his like second or third year where he approached like eighty targets. You know, like if, if there there are some ways you can potentially get there, red zone opportunities, that sort of thing. Um, I, I think the the Pollard over Zeke, Sands injury obviously is is a spicier take. Coach Mike McCarthy coming out yesterday saying Zeke is a cornerstone piece of this offense. He's what we need to win a championship. They're not going Mike away from McCarthy's him any time soon. Hey, you can think of what you want of him, but he's the one making the calls of who's going he's in the pr- game. Let, let's be honest here. This this is a shit of another. Mike McCarthy is not going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys after the season. Like that, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Ooh, I like the bonus takes. The the, the bonus it's, takes. It's, are it's definitely going to be Sean Payton. Like Sean, he, does he go to? New- does he go to Mars? So Cody predicted Mike Zimmer to go to Mars. Are you, are you doing the Mike McCarthy? See, see the Mike McCarthy coach. to Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. It was right there for me. Um, but no, I, I think Sean Payton is definitely the the head coach next year of the of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I don't think that that's 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 not hot. That's a lot no, of rumors. I don't think that's hot at all. No. A lot of rumors. Yeah. Where are we at? Where are we at? Are we I've back to, to I feel like. With with what just transpired, this is this is going to be a, a, a letdown. But it's all I have left. Uh, Allen Robinson finishes a wide receiver one. I'm in. I'm in. A I'm wide in. receiver one or the wide receiver one. Whoa. A A wide. Okay, okay. Let's not go Antonio Gibson here from last year. Real quick before yeah. you tell your case, Matt Matthew Friedman. I think he's uh, at FF Oracle. I'm butchering that, but he's kind of the head content creator for Fantasy Pros, right? Really fantastic mind. Uh, the Julio Jones? Yeah, man. He just dissed on our guy, A-Rob. He says, no, Julio Jones over A-Rob. And I'm like, no. Because like, I, I everything he says, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then he was just so off the beaten path. But, yeah, give us your, your A-Rob love. Yeah, I, this, this is one of the ones. This is, I debated between this and Schultz. For my for my first one because like I didn't I really don't think it's like that hot of a take. I mean, if you look at last year through the first nine weeks before Robert Woods was injured, he was the wide receiver eleven, and then over the final six weeks from weeks 12 to, six, 12 to seventeen, Odell was wide receiver thirteen. Now, obviously, you know extrapolating stats can can get you in trouble, and it's almost never a, a useful exercise. 
But looking at Woods from last year, uh, he if you take those first nine weeks, extrapolate them to a 17, uh, 17 week season, on target for 100, on pace for 130 targets, 85 catches. It was like 1,050 yards and seven and a half touchdowns. Here, here's, here's another hot take. Cooper Cup isn't going to see 190 fucking targets again. I'm just going to go on the limb. I'm going to say it. He's not going to have 2,000 receiving yards, probably not going to have 16 touchdowns again. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, those type of numbers, 85 for 1,000, you know, eight touchdowns are well within A Rob's wheelhouse. You're, you're talking about someone who's used to being the alpha, being the centerpiece of an offense and now he's not going to have to be that he's just going to be able to eat love Allen robinson this year finishes as a wide receiver one man I'm, I'm really in on that when i did projections he came out as wide receiver 18 which obviously after what you just said doesn't seem like it's that crazy but where's he going he's going 36 or lower somewhere around there like he, nobody's um giving a rob the respect they're, they're really treating him like it's it's last year and i feel like we 30th, need to throw. He's, he's going wide receiver 30 70th overall 30th so right there the, the wide receivers that are going ahead of him right now adam Thielen, get all the way out of here with that yep. and then gabe davis could go a number of different directions sure um hunter renfro is going right around him uh really? michael thomas is going right around him gross yeah I, I'm, I'm in on that because this this offense absolutely can produce two top 12 wide receivers. I mean, before Robert Woods was injured, I know we were disappointed with some of his weeks. And then he had that big blow up week seven or something like that. But like he was doing okay as this middling wide receiver too. And we know A-Rob is a much better talent. I love Robert Woods, love him to death, but A-Rob is a much better talent than Robert Woods. And so we have to, that has to be in the cards. If Robert Woods is right there in that wide receiver two range, week in, week out, like I'm, I'm in. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for me, this was supposed to go earlier, but you know, we uh, I blew I already blew my load already. Yeah. Uh, um, probably got me fired up. Uh, so Mike Williams finishes the top five uh, top five wide receiver this year. Uh, that's what I got. Um, love Mike Williams this year. Um, I, I think that I I he is now, which we need to uh, boys, we need to do another show for our rankings because we are heading into August and. So we need to do a rankings update, which mine have changed quite a bit. I actually have right now, which for me is not hot, but for where he's currently going is hot. I have Mike Williams at wide receiver 12. I have Keenan Allen at wide receiver 19 in my rankings. Um, 
I don't think that's hot. Uh, Keenan Allen has dropped in efficiency each of the last few seasons. And where Mike Williams, I think, you know, they give him the big contract. We saw earlier last year, the first five weeks of the season, where he was kind of doing everything. And then he got hurt. We saw a drop off for four or five weeks. And then he kind of went back to kind of, he wasn't as like dominant as he was, you know, in the first five weeks of the season. But I think that he kind of takes over as this team's wide receiver one, attached to one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, one of the best offenses in the league. The offensive line is one of the best in the league. I think this offense absolutely cooks this year. And so I love Mike Williams, and I think he, he can be a top-five producer this year. So that's where I'm at. You Ageist. Like, it's just ageist, right? Like, we just got to put it like – Keenan Allen, he's 30 now. You're done with him. Well, Send him. Robbie, I know I know this is crazy, but, like, players do decline as they get older. You know, that 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 is what happens. I mean, and he is now on the wrong side of 30. And so not that super old, but for wide receivers, we're starting to get to that cliff and with, with him. And so – Listen, like, it's not hard. And then also, I mean, Mike Williams does get the more high-value targets, you know, those deep, the, the deep ball. He also yes. has a higher touchdown upside than he does. Like, it wouldn't be shocking to see, you know, somebody like Mike yeah. Evans score 12, 14 touchdowns this year. And so, you know, I, I, think that, I think that he can't hit that number. And he is currently going later than that because his current ADP now is a little bit lower than that. And he is where, uh, wide receiver 19. He's actually starting to creep up. He was going later than that, but now he's starting to creep up a little bit. Wide receiver 19, 51st overall. But then we have Keenan Allen going 10th, uh, 27th overall. And no thank you on that. I would much rather take Mike Evans, who is going right next to him at wide receiver 9, 26. I would also rather have A.J. Brown, who's going one spot after him. I would also rather have T, uh, T. Higgins. And we all know I would damn sure rather have Michael Pittman, who is absolutely bay. I'm surprised we haven't had a Michael Pittman take. Maybe it's because us three just talked so much Michael Pittman. We were like, oh, we'll save it for someone else because we thought one of us would do it. But no Michael Pittman talk. Cody, going off of yours from last year, and I just came up with this one because Kev's doing four. I want to make sure I do four. So you last year had two um, wide receivers on two different teams, so four wide receivers in the top 12. I wanted to jump in on that for this year, and I think Keenan Allen – Mike Williams, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, all top 12. I feel like those are two really prominent offenses that are going to throw over 600 times. Obviously, super efficient quarterbacks. We don't have any tight ends that are taking away a ton of targets. Dawson Knox, more of a touchdown guy. Gerald Everett, I like him as a sleeper, but not too worried about him taking too much. I'm I'm, I'm thinking that this could be that year where we get the, the two different teams having two top 12 wide receivers. So I'm going to take a note out of your book from last year. I like kind of kind of on not necessarily similar. We didn't talk about this. It was from a while ago from from Michael. He followed up the the Miko Harmon top ten with Sutton and Jerry Judy will perform better than Helen Waddle. I like that one. I like that one. Well, you guys yes. both hate uh, you know uh, Tyree Kill, so got him as a wide receiver one. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was surprised because before it was like he's going to be wide receiver 18 and then somehow he's thinking at 12. But Never heard that from me. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily hate that. I don't. Um, this, one's, this one's got some spice. Devontae Smith outscores A.J. Brown and is a wide receiver one. Oh, that's spicy, Parrot. That, that's the spice we need. That's the perfect amount. Dang. You guys you think guys it's possible? Have, 
Oh, go ahead. Did you guys have any any other ones that were like ruminating or you thought about putting down? Like I, I had, I thought about, I, I mentioned earlier, Russ Wilson. I thought about throwing him like top three, top five, but I didn't know like how, like necessarily how hot that one was. Um, thought about Irv Smith, top top six tight end this year. Yeah. I mean, if he takes those touchdowns from Thielen, I love that one. Russ, I feel like we got to go top three plus, right? Because he's going as quarterback eight or nine. We love that that offense, love the weapons around him. Yeah, top three is when you're starting to get some spice there with Russell Wilson. And, and I'd be in on it. I'm, I'm in on that offense. <laughs> Gator J. Apparently, apparently my sarcasm didn't come through. Um, here's one. Um, so this is one that I was kind of thinking about doing, but I didn't do, uh, was Nico Collins finishes his top 36 wide receiver this year. I feel like that's, I mean, we're talking about a wide receiver that's going wide receiver like 78 right now. So, I mean, is Davis Mills supporting two top 36 wide receivers then? I think it's possible. I think Davis Mills is better than what people give him credit for. And I think people just kind of uh, cast him aside because, you know, it's the Texans, right? And right now, I mean, who else is really there? It's Brandon Cooks. And then, you know, obviously it sucks to hear, um, you know, about what happened with Mechie, you know, with the leukemia yeah. and stuff like that. And hopefully, you know, he gets a quick recovery. It sounds like they caught it quick enough and it's one of, you know, it's a curable, um, one of the more curable, uh, you know, forms of leukemia. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he, you know, is back and ready to go next year, which he was already, you know, with the ACL and everything else. So it was going to be tough for him to be ready so far, you know, earlier in the year this year. Anyways, but – Outside of that, I mean, it's, it's it's Brandon Cooks and it's Nico Collins. And Nico Collins, again, you know, a lot of people look at him and he doesn't really get talked about enough this offseason, but he had over 500 receiving yards last year as a rookie. And, like, not that that's, like, I know that doesn't melt people's faces off, but, that, I mean, that's still, I mean, something that when we're talking or nearly 446, 33 receptions, 446 receiving yards. And, you know, obviously that's not, like I said, like that's not obviously Jamar Chase or anywhere in the realm of some of the other top producers that were rookie wide receivers last year, but he still produced in what was a really bad situation last year. And I think he's somebody that like, if you're 12 team leagues and above, you know, if you want to take uh, some shots on, on some wide receivers late or some players late, Nico Collins, him and Donovan Peoples Jones are probably like my two super late guys that I think both have some upside here. Uh, I was also talking about going with uh, Donovan Peoples Jones um, as well, especially now with uh, your boy, David Bell, uh, what he has a foot injury. He's going to miss the next two to three weeks. Not good for any rookie wide receiver uh, to miss that kind of time. Obviously, we're going to see what's going on with Sean Watson. We, I'm surprised that news has not come out yet on Sean Watson. With training camp started, I would have swore they would have been out before training camp happened. Just because, like, you know, do you really want all this? Because now he's, you know, preparing to be the starter. And it puts the Browns in kind of a bad spot, right? Because, I mean, you'd rather, if, if it's going to be Jacoby Brissett is going to start the year as the, as the you know, quarterback, you want him to getting all the first-team reps. But you really can't do that because right now you have no idea what you're doing. I think they know because they sign Josh Rosen. They announced that Brissett is for sure the backup. Like, I think they're making moves. I think there was a report that came out that, hey, they're bracing for an eight-game suspension. I think they know that a suspension is coming. Maybe they've gotten word somehow. So I expect it to drop any minute now, maybe get swept in with the Friday news here in a, here in a couple of days. But um I think they're they're starting to prepare, but you're right. You want him with the the, the ones getting those reps, but he's still learning the playbook, so maybe it's fine that he that he's with the twos right now. But I think they know something's coming. I have, a, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I I I'm starting to really think that it's probably going to be much less than what people originally thought it was going to be. 
I think like it's going to be in that like two to four game range. Man, I just don't know what that backlash is going to be if it is. Well, I think there's the other aspect of it. Not that I, I'm saying that that's what it should be, but what I right? No, I understand. Is that is that that like there's a president set with the the owners and what some of the shit, shit that they've done, and that nothing there's been no recourse against them because the NFLPA if they were to suspend them for the entire year, I mean they're going to court because NFLPA is going to sue the shit out of them. And, and, and so would, you know, Deshaun Watson. I mean, they already said that's what they were planning on doing. I don't yeah. think they want any part of that. So I think they're going to go with whatever um, the the judge, uh, what's her name, Sue, um, is, uh, you know, whatever her recommendation is. And I think they're just going to stick with it. Yeah, I, I really want that news because I think it affects a lot of different fancy pieces on the Browns and we have to adjust for that. So hoping that that news drops quickly. Kev, did you have – are you done? Did you do all, all of your – yeah, I believe you have one more, right? I do, I do. I slid in that that other one just based on Cody's from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final one is so I had my first two. We're kind of talking people up. I have to have one hater, one pu- pushing people down, and that's DK Metcalf finishes outside the top thirty-six wide receivers right now. He's going as wide receiver 17, 18. and I'm just, I just feel like we're not accounting for how much production they're losing going from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith slash Drew Locke. And and probably part of that is that small sample size where DK did score multiple touchdowns with Geno Smith, the quarterback during those four games. But I think that was the exception, the short four game sample size and not the full 17 where teams can prepare for Geno, find his weaknesses because his career touchdown percentage rate is 3.5%. And that's a full 3% uh, drop off from Russell Wilson. And so we're not getting the touchdowns. We're not getting the same air yards for DK. If you take that away from his game, you're really looking like at a bad flex option each and every week. So um, I feel like it's not as hot, but with everybody having him as kind of this middling wide receiver too, it is pretty hot. You guys in or out on that? I think it could go either way, to be honest with you. I mean, I do think – I I think DK Metcalf could be better than what people think that he's going to be just because – I mean, we've seen bad. I mean, we've seen wide receivers, uh, you know, be able to still, uh, you know, pr- produce and and with bad quarterbacks, right? I mean, um, I mean, I feel look. like it's pretty rare, though, don't you think? And and if and if he is good, is he better than the wide receiver seventeen or eighteen where he's going right now? Like, I, feel I don't like that's know. I, no, I mean, I'm not saying that. I think that he's. I feel like there's a lot of like negativity towards uh, DK Metcalf, like that. He's going wide receiver 18, 48th overall. To me, that's probably too high. Um, I, I couldn't take him there. There's never a chance that I'm drafting, and I I would take him in that range. Like if he fell into the you know the the wide receiver threes, then I would have some interest there. But I'll be honest, like in SFB, um, I actually drafted DK Metcalf. It was like the eighth or ninth round, and he was still sitting there, and I was just like, man, I really had no interest in taking him. But at that point, I felt like value was fair, so I ended up taking. But, like, I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel great inside. Like, I wasn't excited about it, which is crazy because I think DK Metcalf is, you know, if on another team, like, we're talking about, you know, somebody that's probably easy, top 10, top 12 wide receiver for sure. But, you know, now with, you know, with who they have and Geno Smith and Drew Locke, but I still think that he can be a top 24 wide receiver. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy where a lot of people are just completely out on him. Yeah. Count me in as the group that's out on him at current ADP for sure. Yeah. 
yeah, like I said, I, that's, that's a little bit too hot for me, you know, uh, to be able to take them there just because there's so much uncertainty. Like that offense could really, truly just be terrible. Because the other the other thing I've, I've been kind of, you know, going through my thoughts of, of some of the stuff that like as I as we get closer to, you know, preseason and, you know, stuff like that with a training camp here is like, are we are, are we overlooking Kenneth Walker? You know, like Kenneth Walker right now is going like eighth, ninth round. I, and listen, I, I like Rashad Penny, but I there is this part of this like, man, we're still talking about a rookie wide receiver, or a rookie running back. He took in the second round, but there, there's the other part of it where we've seen Pete Carroll in the past not go with the rookies. Sorry, they, they invested heavy draft capital into Rashad Penny for uh, be, being the guy, but they didn't do that his rookie year. It ended up being Chris Carson that they went with. So you know, but I think it's it, there. There is a, a range of possibility here where you know it is. Um, it, it is uh, Kenneth Walker who ends up, you know, overtaking this job. It is the RB1. And it's, you know, it, it's not a stretch to say that, you know, Rashad Penny being able to stay healthy. But which is where he's going right now, I think it makes him a pretty easy buy because he's not like going like Trey Sermon was last year where Trey Sermon got up to like the fifth round, you know, and all this other, you know, craziness. Like he's still going like eighth, ninth round. But Kenneth Walker, I mean, he's going after Rashad Penny, I believe. Uh, the last I looked, he was. Anyways, he may have overtaken him now. But – at the very least, we're still talking. I mean, with that range of, 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 yeah, he's going ninety second, and where is? Um, I think it was like RB thirty to RB 30. right ahead of him, thirty, uh, uh, thirty two. Yeah, he's going thirty two, eighty second overall. Kenneth Walker ninety two overall, thirty fourth. So they're going pretty close to each other, but he's still cheaper than uh, than Rashad Penny. So that range, I, I don't mind buying him there, even though I hate that offense. Yeah, that, that offense is what kind of worries you, right? Like how so gross. How much scoring are they going to be able to do? Is that a real question? Right, right. right. And the offensive line is bad. I mean, there's so many bad things about this offense. Yes, I, I agree. But at the same time, I guess there's the, you know, can he – is there a path where he could finish as a top 24 running back, like an, R, an RB2 for Kenneth Walker? Because, I mean, he's arguably – He's arguably the, the 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 most pure runner from this class. I mean, that's kind of what everybody would talk about with Kenneth Walker. He was the best pure runner uh, of, of all these running backs. Uh, you know, very like Nick Chubb type of of you know of a comp, I guess. Not really a pass catcher, but he doesn't have the offensive line that Nick Chubb has. Uh, he doesn't have the offense even uh, that that he would have had. I mean, this offense is substantially worse than anything the Browns have really trotted out over the last few years, and so that just makes it tough. It's just weird. It's wild that we're just seeing no rookie running backs outside of Brees Hall go, you know, or early. Like all of them are going late. Yeah, they all kind of have their own thing, right? Like we just laid it out for Walker, yeah. Damian Pierce. You want to talk about a gross offense? I feel like that's even uh, kind of in that same range, Algier, right? Gross Algier. offense. Like they're, they all landed in spots where they're probably needed because the offense is so gross. So shot wide. Draft Rashad White, like that's that's who I want. Like of the late round running backs, like not name Isaiah Spiller because obviously he makes the most sense. Great offensive line, great offense, you know all, all those things. Like Isaiah Spiller should be the next guy, but you know past him, and then I think I guess Kenneth Walker. It, it, I think it's Rashad White for me. Like of the later round guys, like I want Rashad White. It's not a bad, not a bad one to take. I want whoever's catching passes. And I think that's going to be him. And like <clears throat> Leonard Fournette has certainly been somebody. He's also somebody that's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. And so if he goes down, like, you know, does, and could Rashad White anyways, eat into that pass catching role anyways of Leonard Fournette. 
Um, I think that's also, you know, a possibility. You know, he is his calling card is is a pass catcher and and terrific at that. You know, so you know, I don't know. I th- I do want some uh, some some Rashad White for sure. As we go to wrap up, uh, our guy Gator fan has a question for us. Any general strategies you like to try for when building out your bench and redraft? And uh, Gator fan two QB two flex league with seven bench. But I, I think I can speak for all of us when you're, when you're looking at your bench, it's upside, right? Looking, you're looking at that, and you're you want to be able to tell yourself a story on that. That doesn't necessarily mean that like. In round eight, let's say that you're drafting Sky Moore because he's attached to Patrick. Like you don't have to reach on guys, but you're looking for. I'm not worried about you know safety. I'm not worried about you know Jarvis Landry's on my bench and you know and guys like that. But you want to be able to tell yourself a story of like, but something like we touched on earlier, like Tim Patrick, right? Like if one of those guys goes down, he could be the wide receiver two in a Russell Wilson off- offense. You know, guys like KJ Osborne. You know, things like that, just to be able to tell yourself a story on like how they can get to that upside. Yeah, and going even further, because you know, I've hit on this a couple times, guys. It's like I want to define what we mean when we say upside. And for me, it's somebody attached to a good offense that can score touchdowns. I feel like that's the easiest way to to be a flex player in, in your starting lineup is you can score a touchdown every other week or you have a good chance to score a touchdown or you just get a high volume of yardage on not a lot of work. So um, if you're able to have those boom plays. So Tyler Lockett, before he came, Tyler Lockett was that way. So um, somebody who can make boom plays and score touchdowns. I mean, I think upside is more, um, can they can they vastly outproduce whatever their ADP is, right? And so, like, if they're going as an RB4, you know, can they finish as an RB2, you know, and stuff like that. I think that is what upside is. I don't really care. I don't think whatever offense you're in, really has any dictate, you know, whatever your upside is up. It just plays a factor in it, sure, but it's not the only factor. And like uh, to me, it's just, you know, again, you know, can he, you know, when we talk about it, you know, talking about somebody that's going, you know, in the fourth round or in the, you know, like I said, an RB4 or wide receiver four, you know, this guy has wide receiver two upside. And I think that's, that's what, when we talk about upside, like that's, that's, that would be. Yeah. I guess you could make that argument for anybody though, right? Like if you like that player and you think they're oh, a value. Crazy things happen, and, you know, and stuff like that could be possible, but I think it's less likely in the range of outcomes that it happens, you know, it's is much less for, you know, play, certain players than it is for others. Yeah, sure. Terrace Marshall could end up being a wide receiver one this year. I mean, that's within the range of possibilities. I mean, he is going to be on a roster, but, uh, you know, but, you know, the, the range of outcomes is happening. It's pretty slim, which I, you know, I'm not going to fall into the Brian Edwards type stuff, but I, I just, there's a, there's a part of me that's just like, watching from afar of what Terrace Marshall's doing and like hoping that maybe he can, he can do something. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you could make a case where Terrence Marshall beats his ADP, which you would say then he has upside, right? Like that, that's why I'm, I'm saying, I want to make sure upside isn't subjective because you can make that story. However well, you sure. Want. But, but, but it also depends on how a, much, right? Like how much are you expecting? Like to say, to say that if Terrence Marshall's going wide receiver 80 and oh, he finishes what, you know, I think he's going to finish his wide receiver 72. Like, there's still no upside there. Like, yes, he can outperform that. But we're talking – I'm talking about somebody that can kind of drastically outperform what that would be or what their ceiling is, I guess. If he beats out Robbie Anderson, I don't see why he, why he couldn't. So It's not going to take much for him to beat out Robbie. Robbie right. Anderson is terrible. So, at that point, could he be, you know, a, a flex 
every other week. You get what I'm saying? Like you can talk yourself into a narrative. Sure, but like it's just upside. not it, his range of outcomes is not nearly as high as, as what I'm saying. Like it, the, the, to be able to tell yourself that story like is pretty tough after what he just came off last year, which again sucks because I love Terrace Marshall, but like it, it, it is what it is. What happened with him last year? And hopefully, you know, maybe something can happen and he's unlocked. I don't. It, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, but you know, I'm still holding. There's a little, you know, I, there's there's a little part of it that hopes it does. Maybe it's probably not going to happen, but maybe it does. Okay. It's a I mean, even Brian Edwards now. Brian Edwards could end up being. I mean, is it possible that Brian Edwards could outscore Drake London and, and be the you know the wide receiver one in Atlanta? Auden Tate. Give them all upside, according to Kevin. I mean, all upside. We, we all have truthers that we, we, we had at one point. Uh, you were a truther for for somebody. I mean, you, Robbie. I mean, are, are you are you watching from afar of Trey Sermon? I mean, we know Trey Sermon's never going to be a thing, but uh, you know, you, you just you just kind of hope that maybe it's possible one day that maybe that something could happen, right? It's like yeah. Josh Gordon. I've held on to Josh Gordon hype forever, forever. And I still think he could make a roster. He could still be on the Chiefs. He can team. make a roster. He could be the wide receiver. Hot take. There's the hot take for the night. Josh Gordon could make a roster. I've been talking about Josh Gordon since I, I feel like since I, well, actually I have been talking about Josh Gordon since I've started doing this back in like 2015 or something, 2016, whenever we first started doing this and whatever it was. Yeah. It's been forever. Kells. What's back up? rocking with us. How do we, how do we feel about Rashad Penny? Gross offense, but I mean the it's not like he's even though the the blurb was coming out that he's preparing for you know 220 carries or whatever that blurb was that, that hit a couple weeks ago. He's not getting drafted that way, and he's not getting drafted in comparison to how he finished. So, I mean, if you want to take a shot on him and, you know, the, the seventh, eighth round, it's fine. Um, I that, That's just an offense I'm personally just staying away from. I'm trying to think of, like, what, like a, a comparison that I can think of over the last couple of years of, of kind of what it would be like. But, like, I don't mind him at cost because he, he's not costing right. you anything to find out, right? And if he's if he is, I, which I do think that he is a good running back, or could be a good running back, right? Like he was a first round pick, but he has just been just had terrible, 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 terrible injury luck, right? And so, like, but there's also the this is a terrible offense, terrible offensive line. He's likely not going to score a lot of touchdowns, but could he end up being like a flex option for you on some weeks where he's able to find the end zone and somebody that you know through bye weeks that you start sure? And he's like I said, he's not going to cost you a lot. It's just his ceiling is not nearly as high as uh, you know other players are. So, when you have a couple of boom bust wide receivers ranked near each other, how do you best differentiate between them? For instance, somebody like Lockett and Claypool. Well, I mean, I, I think. Well, I mean, I think those two specifically is a little bit different. But in just terms of overall, I think you just look at who's in the better offense, right? Like, what what path do they have to being, you know? that elite elite players are tethered to, you know, like Sky Moore, for example, you know, if, if things break right, right for him, you know, he could be a strong wide receiver two or wide receiver three, you know, if everything goes well for him. Um, whereas somebody like Tyler Lockett, I don't see any scenario this year where he is like, where I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that he can be like a strong, like wide receiver two. Uh, like, I just don't see it. I think he's gonna have some. He can. He's gonna have some weeks where he scores a you know a long touchdown or whatever. 
but I don't think there's a high ceiling for him. Um, and so for me, like, I'm always going to pass on those guys. Like, I don't really want any part of that. And like, I want guys that I feel like that if I take shots on, especially in later rounds, I'm just shooting straight for whatever ceiling I believe that they have. And I am, I don't care about anything else because most of those guys, once you get 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, whatever round, you can easily cut and you can just drop. And those are going to be the guys you drop, whatever, but you're going to take shots on them now and see how they play out. And you know, if they don't work out, whatever. Yeah. It's that. And just is, is Lockett a boom bust wide receiver in this new offense. He's probably a, a bust bust wide receiver. I don't see too many boom weeks with Geno Smith through lock, right? He's not going to get those Russell Wilson boom weeks every now and then where he gets three touchdowns and 150 yards. It's, that's not going to happen. So he's more of a, just the, the bus bust without the boom. So um, yeah, that's going to be Claypool for me. Ashton's hot take. Ayuk over Juju and Thielen. Kevin, that's probably pretty hot for you with having Juju as high as you have him. Yeah, but I've actually I've actually been moving Ayuk up. Like I, I think I, I, again, I, I think he is. I have him inside my top thirty-six now, I believe, of wide receivers, and I don't have him too much higher than that. But I, I do think that this is going to be a pretty big year for him, um, and I think he can be a sustainable, like solid wide receiver three. Did Did you cool at all on on Juju? I think you had him really high a while ago, and now you probably have Hardman. Eighteen, I think. 15, 18. Um, I'm not, I, well, yeah, I have my wide receiver 24. Oh, you so. backed up a lot. I, I thought you had him up at like 14, 15 at one point. Um, near uh, I don't know if I ever had him that high. I think I had okay. him like wide receiver. I think receiver it was like 18, right? Like, so I moved, I moved down a little bit. Okay. Um, But it's still not. I still think that he's – I still think that he is going to be – I still think he's going to lead this team in targets. How much of a hit did the Steelers wide receiver take this year in rankings? I don't think Deontay Johnson took any hit. Personally, yeah, I'm not, I didn't I didn't really move any of them like Claypool. Although it is interesting, today there was a little blurb that came out that said Claypool spent a fair amount of time in the slot. Really? Which, yeah, they had Pickens and Deontay on the outside, Claypool in the slot. If that's the case, I'm a little more interested in Claypool. But if he's still just going to be that that outside receiver, like obviously Ben over the past two years really couldn't do anything downfield, but I don't think that Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett are the answer to unlocking somebody like Claypool. Like are the passes going to be potentially better coming from one of those quarterbacks? Sure. But I don't think that all of a sudden with Trubisky or Pickett, you're just going to have this fucking wide open – air raid kind of offense could he get hit a little bit more on some of those deeper targets sure but like i said if they're going to be putting claypool in the slot that's that is something i'm going to be paying attention to that's interesting yeah i think i moved them all down a little bit just because i don't think this offense throws at the rate that they threw the past two seasons i mean they threw 39 passes per game i think they're in like the 655 range so that's that's too much. What, 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 what did I miss? You got the giggles. No, just thinking about broke-ass Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers being, you know, a, like a top 10 pass rate team. Like, yeah. It's just, just making On volume alone. Less. Just like well, I mean, I eight think, yards, I think eight, yards a, eight yards. I mean, they essentially use the short passes as, as, a, as, a, as an extension of the running game. I mean, that, that's all it really was. Uh, it, was all, it was all about getting the ball out of ben, ben, Big Ben's hand as fast as possible. 
because he had no mobility. Their offensive line was trash. And so you had to try to get the ball out of their, his hands as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, and so that's why we saw so many like you know, these short passes and everything else. Because I mean, it's not like it's not like Najee was Najee was built pr- purely off volume, and obviously the the, the pass catching volume that he had too. But like he wasn't like this efficient runner last year. You know, it was just he got so much incredible volume, and so because that offensive line hasn't been good, and so with that, like <clears throat> this year, I I do think now that you actually have a quarterback that that can actually move. And actually get outside the pocket, and you can do a little more play action and stuff. Because if you're a defense, you're not worried about Big Ben going fucking anywhere. You know what I mean? And so, like, like you're just attacking at all point, at all times because you're just trying to get to Big Ben or you know stop the run game. But now, like, not that Mitchell Trubisky is Lamar Jackson, but Mitchell Trubisky certainly has an element to his game of being able to be you know get outside the pocket and actually run. And so, I think that helps them a little bit in terms of being able to you know allow him to run and everything else. So because I mean. Mr. Trubisky is a guy that, that can get you. It's more Alex Smith type 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 uh, level of production of, of running. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get 600 rushing yards, but he is somebody that I think that can threaten for three, 400 yards, you know, on the ground, maybe 400 is too high, probably 250, 300. Uh, I, th- I think range is probably fair for him as a runner. Um, so I, I think, so with that being said, I think it kind of changes the complexion of this offense a little bit and what you're able to do because like, a lot of people look at Deontay Johnson and say, well, he's just a benefit of Big Ben's short passes, and that's why he was so good. I, I push back on that wholeheartedly. I think Deontay Johnson is hashtag really, really good at football and is a really good wide receiver, and targets are earned. And I like So while, I, yes, there's there's the possibility he's going to lose targets, uh, he's not going to have 170, but I think he can make up for – and, and more and more deep shots and, and being able to you know catch a 50 yard touchdown or something like that because he has that in his rate he can do all those things we just haven't been able to see it and so i i still think deontay johnson is a borderline wide receiver one this year and i know a lot of other people are just kind of out on Deont- and don't really want any part of deontay johnson and that i mean for a guy that finished as a wide receiver one last year and nobody's drafting him there and it's I mean, I don't think the quarterback situation got any worse, uh, and, and it's argu- you can make an argument that it got better. And so it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. He's going wide receiver 14, 39th overall, so he's still kind of going somewhere close to that range. But That sounds like kind of where you have it. You said borderline wide receiver one. I'm just a little bit lower. I got him at wide receiver 16. Um, projected them to throw 589 times, so a drop-off of like 70 passes from their from their rate last year. Um, so I think that's just going to be the big thing. He can make up for it in some of the yardage, but he's not going to make up for a loss of 25, 30 targets that he'll probably have. Because I, I think, I mean, I still think he finishes at least 100. I think he gets at least 150 targets. This year. So 150, 155, I think somewhere right around there. Right, yeah, he'd have to take a bigger chunk of that offense. And I just think between Fryermuth, Pickens getting added, you have Claypool still there, Najee's still going to catch passes. He's not gonna, He's not that elite over these other really, really good options where he's going to have a 25 26%, uh, 27% target share for me. We'll see. Uh, I think that he will. And so I, I feel pretty confident that, that he's nothing's really going to change. Ooh, maybe we can get a bet here. We didn't, we didn't do the, the Tony Pollard uh, finish or Zeke Elliott finish. Where do you have here. him? Like what, like what, where's the, what's the, what's the bet? I have him. I have him only as a 23% target share guy, 131 targets, 82 receptions, Six TDs, nine hundred twenty yards. You don't even have him getting a thousand receiving yards. No, I've got him at eleven point three per reception. 
So that's a jump up um, from where he's been at. But obviously, their deep shot guys are going to be pickings. For me, their deep shot guys are going to be pickings in Claypool. Um, Johnson's going to play that underneath, underneath route area. Well, where do you have him ranked? I think 16 is where he's at in projections and in my rankings, actually. So, how about, I mean, I think that he's going to finish. Should we, like, maybe split the difference? Go, like, wide receiver 13 or higher? Or is that not enough? No, I'm fine. Just wide receiver one or, or not. How about that? Is he a wide receiver one? Or is he outside wide receiver one? Yes. Do we have a deal? Deal or no deal? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take All that. Right. That's our second bet, right? Because we made one on a different Dan podcast. Arnold. Dan Arnold or Evan Ingram, who finishes with more points. That's bet number one on the table. You and Cody got to get a couple. You guys had a couple last year. I think you guys had a Sutton versus Judy one. Maybe it got done, maybe it didn't. We've got our second one now. Is Deontay Johnson wide receiver one? Um, let's go points per game. So in case he gets hurt, I don't want that to get ruined. So I'm in. As we as we get into the throwdowns, I'm sure something will organically come up from that. Uh, I'm ready for throwdowns. Yeah, we 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 gotta we gotta get some of those on the on the old content sketch. Last question: uh, Since harder project if they'll hit, how many how many rookies is too many in redraft? Like we were just talking about, I think this year is a little bit different, um, just because of the the cost that you're getting. A lot of these rookies, like, is in you know, like you're you're not breaking the bank to to get some of these. I mean, just to to throw out a number, like I probably wouldn't want more than like three or four, like on, on a on a typical redraft team, just to like kind of like put put a number on it. But it all comes down to you know talent situation costs all, all that sort of stuff but like i i wouldn't want to load up on rookies in a redraft league. no i mean you don't want your entire team comprised with them but like you mentioned i mean most of these guys are going so late like yeah this year is a weird year yeah i mean so like the first rookie wide receiver off the board is wide receiver 39 94th overall and then you have Traylon Burks, 45-103, Chris Olave, 48-111. Now, there's going to be some rise here as we get hype and we get we start getting more training camp news, stuff like that. Some of these guys are going to rise, but none of them are going to get to, like, the Jamar Chase, like, wide receiver, you know, fifth round or whatever he was going, I think, earlier last year. Same thing with running backs. I mean, you have even Brees Hall, who's going to continue to rise. But Brees Hall still is going 20, uh, running back 21-43. But then you have to go all the way down to Kenneth Walker at 92 and then all the rest of them are just late round guys. And so there's just no, there's just not as much buzz around a lot of these rookies this year. A lot of it because they just landed in bad spots. Like even the rookie wide receivers. I mean, it's hard to get like super excited about Drake London when you have, you know, Wilson, Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. And then you have Garrett Wilson. Like we don't really know what to expect from Zach Wilson this year. And I mean, there's a lot of these guys that it's just tough to uh, like get like super excited about. And so, you know, outside of really Sky Moore, I, you know, he's the one that, you know, landed in a you know, truly elite offense. If you have Christian Watson, uh, but, you know, he's dealing with a little bit of injuries. He's been a little banged up as well. And so, you know, I, it's just – I. so for me this year, it's a little bit different. If a lot of these guys continue to go late, I have no problem if you want to take three or four or five of them. I mean, it didn't really matter at that point. A lot of them you're going to be dropping anyways. I mean, those are late-round picks. 
anyways, and if, if you're going to take a shot on somebody, I'd rather take a shot on something like that outside of taking, like you mentioned, like a Jarvis Landry. I will never take somebody like that ever because I know that they don't really possess much of a ceiling. And so, like, I, I don't need guys like that that are, that are more, you know, they're, they're good floor plays, but they're never going to have much of a ceiling. And that's not what I'm looking for when I'm drafting late. If, if I can hit on one or two of my, you know, guys that you draft late in a draft, I mean, it could win you your league. You know, if one of these guys ends up, you know, turning out to really having a, a big, big time season, like I said, I mean, that could be weak winning, league winning. You know, if we got a little bit of indication last year about Elijah Mitchell, you know, before one, you know, I mean, that, that would have been a guy, you know, we're kind of or James Robinson a few years ago. Um, same kind of situation where James Robinson was a little bit more easier to project early, uh, like right late before, because, you know, the Leonard Fournette got cut, you know, during training camp. And then so it was started to be like a little bit, a little bit easier to project. But again, he was still a late round pick. And somebody that is, so those are the guys that I want to take a shot on because if they hit, I mean, you're, you're like you said, I mean, you could, it, it, you, it could be the difference between you winning and losing a league. Or not losing, but winning a league. Boys, any last hot takes we want to get off our chest or we, do we leave it all on the table? I think I'm feeling pretty good with what we have on the table. We each kind of hit on one last year, so I'm hoping maybe we can slide in. Someone gets two right this year. We advance. We slowly get better. Hot takes are tough to hit on. That's why they're so they're hot takes. I mean, we, we shouldn't be – people should be taking this as gospel. I mean, we're just, you know. Right. Having, a little, having a little fun. But we hit on some, so I'm hoping we can do the same thing this year. Yeah. I am too. That's, that's the name of the game, right? So, uh, anyways – I mean, we are we are a couple of days away from August, and so you know, all thirty-two teams are back in training camp. We're getting—I mean, I am already getting like uh, a little fatigued of the training camp, you know, reports that, oh, that, that are coming out. That I'm just like, Jesus, like, why is this my favorite time of year? Like, oh my goodness! And then people, you know, Twitter—it's just a buzz. And it lights up, beep, 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 and everyone just gets all super excited about it. You know, about about something that happens or a catch or. You know, whatever the thing is, uh, you know, and it's just, it's just like, oh, like, just like, let's stop already. Like, and we're just, preseason's going to get here and there's going to be some, you know, Amir Abdullah type play where all of a sudden somebody's just going to shoot up. I'll, I mean, that would be something I'll never forget when that happened. I mean, his ADP re- or that week, it went up like two or three rounds after, after that play that he had. It was ridiculous. But yep. anyways, but regardless of that, all it does mean is football is here. Like, we're about to have, uh, you know, the, the Hall of Fame game, which I believe is that is that next week. I'm pretty sure it's next week, right? Yeah, it's next week. I think it's like the third or the fourth of August. So yeah, that's next week. And so you know, we're here. So I'm excited for that. We got a ton of content coming out. Um, you know, I think we've done so far in the last couple weeks like 15 videos. So uh, if there's anything anybody wants to see, you know, whatever, put in the comments, whatever. Jump into our Discord. You know, we're happy to you know create content. I will say I have already scheduled. On my first throwdown, and that is with an actual guest, and that is Debro. Me and him have a throwdown we are going to do. Uh, so that that might be the first one coming out. We're going to do that in the next day or two. It's going to be Mike Evans versus Keenan Allen. And so, uh, you know, speaking of talking about that, so that's going to be the first throwdown with Debro. Got got him lined up for that. So we have a lot of content. We're, the plan is to have content every single day. We're going to start doing more live streams. You know, and then we'll get into season, and then that's when the real fun starts of uh, you know live streams multiple times a week, the Sunday show, everything else. So I appreciate everybody rocking with us. All the all the all the new subscribers, I really appreciate it. Cody, you got anything else to say? 
Yeah, I do quickly just want to say, uh, like I said at the top of the show, the training camp threads we're doing every night on Twitter at FF underscore authority. And speaking of training camp, we are going to have the dialed in episodes coming back with David Berger from last year. Our guy, David Berger, Emmy award winning David Berger uh, gets to talk to it's like they're like 10, 15 minute episodes. He talks to actual beat reporters for these teams. A lot of fun last year, always filled with good nuggets. So those will only be on the podcast as well. Those won't be on the YouTube. So make sure that you're uh, subscribed to us. I think you can find us on damn near any podcast platform, but dialed in is going to be back with TFA again this year. Absolutely love that. Those were awesome last year. So you know, and, and some of the nuggets got picked up by uh, NBC Sports Edge. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, so, I forgot yeah. about that. Listen, it's another year, but we're here to win fantasy championships. That's what we're here for. Uh, you know, I hope I see everybody over in the Discord. If you're not over there, it's absolutely free. You can find a link in every one of our videos. Like I said, absolutely free. It costs you nothing. And, uh, you know, conversations starting to happen more and more. Fantasy drafts are going to start really kicking up. DFS, well, I'm excited for that. We're two or three weeks away. We're going to we're gonna fire that boy back up with um, with me and Maddie, Ryan, and then Debro, once again, has been freed, and he's going to join us on a lot, a lot of shows this year as well on the DFS pod. So football season's here, boys. I'm excited. Uh, we're, we're, coming in, we're, we're coming in hot. So I appreciate everybody, all the support. Like I said, we will catch you on the next one. Have a great night. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.